sweating our way through. <coughs> oh, sorry. Let's try that again. Yes. Sweating our way through an Indian summer in Buenos Aires. Welcome to Hand of the Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Hand of Pod on a much sweatier week evening than uh, than we were probably expecting it to be because the temperatures appeared to have cooled down a bit in the first couple of weeks of March. I think we're only going to get this for another three or four days though, and then it really will. Tomorrow it finishes. Be a lovely autumn. Oh, it's raining at the weekend, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by English Dam. Hello and welcome. And Argentine Andres. Hello. Well, we I think we will call recall this podcast things continue like this, shower of pop, because we will have to, to have a, a bath. Yes, or possibly not all together, yeah, so don't get too We're going to see how the guys, how much fennet we're drinking. Don't get too yeah, excited we'll get with the ladies listening. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't want to excite our, our listeners too much with the mental imagery. Um, but we will begin by listing the uh, results that have happened since we last recorded, as we always do, partly because Dan can't remember any of the matches. This is true. Um, also, I didn't see a fair few of them as well, so it'll help me a bit. There's so many of them. I mean, come on. There are, aren't there? I don't it's have to watch so them all now anyway, so it's, it's wonderful. Um, on Friday evening, there were two, and those ended Racing Club 2, Lanus 1, and Newell's Old Boys. Get ready to fall off your chair laughing. 1, Atletico de Rafaela 1. That's right, somebody failed to beat Atletico de Rafaela. On Saturday, Olimpo 2, Belgrano 0, Defensa Justicia 0, Huracan 2. Banfield 1, Independiente 3, San Martín de San Juan 1, Tigre 0, uh, San Lorenzo 0, Arsenal de Sarandí 2. And on Sunday, Tempele 0, Argentinos Juniors 0, Patronato de Paraná 1, Rosario Central 0, that's got to be the shock of the weekend, Estudiantes de la Plata 3, Gimnasia y Grima La Plata 0, Atletico Tucumán 1, Aldo Civi 1, and Colón 3. Four River Plate one on Monday. Sarmiento nil, Godoy Cruz nil, Boca Juniors two, Union one, and there's one match remaining, which is Vélez Sarsfield against Quilmes, which is um, going to be played on Sunday the 27th, which is in a week and a half's time during the international break because of a Ricky Martin concert at Vélez mm. Stadium. Um, other matches that have taken place domestically since we last recorded are last night, yesterday evening. It was a Nine o'clock kickoff, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Tigre lost two one at home to Huracan um, in the match that was postponed from the second round of league games, and that resulted just about an hour ago or so um, in Tigre deciding to sack their manager Mauro Camoranesi. The second match coaching casualty of the week, indeed. After Pedro Trollio. Of course, yes, because Troglio walked, um, or rather was, was fired from Gimnasia after uh, losing the Clásico in La Plata. Yeah, th- there um, are some, some stupid things apart from the, mm-hmm. the sack of the manager following that uh, defeat of Gimnasia at the, uh, away from, from Estudiantes, which mm-hmm. is more, a, more a Clásico 
the, the result than the match itself because there are a lot of uh, uh, matches, even Trojo saying that, that there was a depth he had with the supporters. Not, I think he won uh, two or three, well, I don't remember the, the, the figure or the number of, of classicals he won, but there were a few. And he lost more most of them. Yeah, it's been in Achilles' heel for Trollia, who's apart from the, the derbies, got had a really good record with Gimnasia. If you think about the state Gimnasia were in when when he took over, he's, yeah, he's guided them to some them some very respectable uh, campaigns. Never, you know, uh, pushing for sort of any kind or pushing for the bad audit, but you know, stabilizing them. Which for a club like Gimnasia, who quite a yo-yo it's, it's a nice small fit yeah and it's a bit of a weird one because I mean their results this year don't appear to have been all that disastrous so far they, they started off with a 2-0 defeat away to Banfield and then they won three in a row against Patronato mm-hmm. Samiento and Olimpo and admittedly they haven't won the last three matches either they lost away to Belles, um drew at home with San Lorenzo and then the defeat away to Estudiantes but you think well Two of the, so they've lost three games. Two of those, Banfield and Vélez, are, are teams who appear to me to pick yeah. themselves up from rather underwhelming spells last year and actually to be playing pretty well. Admittedly, in the first week of the season, we didn't know that Banfield were going to be doing that. Um, but but Vélez are very much back. And I a, think draw, a draw with San Lorenzo is no... But no, no Trump just said, the, said yeah, after, just immediately after he, has, he had been sacked that uh, it was the obvious decision because the relationship between him and... And the and the board it hasn't been good since September when yeah there's a pretty damning video that came out I think it was a gymnasia president and directors in a fist fight in the Estudiantes directors box with yeah. members of the coaching staff or players like yeah, yeah. and he also <laughs> said he was sacked on the so the the classico was on the Sunday Troglio was sacked on the Monday on Tuesday he gave an interview where he said that neither him nor any of his technical staff have been paid since December. Um, and the board came out saying the results aren't in accordance with the financial effort we've put in. And you're like, nah, come Which on. It's a bit weird. You know, <laughs> when, when you're not paying your staff, how much for financial But, but I mean, I mean, Shani Fernandez has been sacked as a reserves coach also in September. That's when Trevor said he, had, he uh, should have uh, uh, resigned. Yeah. And now they offer the, the job to Shani Fernandez. There's <laughs> definitely something going on in in that club there's no doubt about it Trovio is apparently not going to be out of work for very much longer however um, or indeed for very long at all um, he was apparently offered a job earlier on today by and hang on a second because this was on the homepage of Universal Football that I saw it and I've completely forgotten already by Misha Dalmine um, but he's not going to be taking it up because he is expected imminently uh, whether this means while we record or whether it maybe means tomorrow mm-hmm. Um, he's expected to be announced as the new manager of a South American team. Oh, which doesn't particularly it narrow it yeah. down. But I get the impression they probably mean a, a top-flight mm. team elsewhere on the continent Ooh. somewhere. Another um, guy who could be in work again very soon is, is Rodolfo Arroyo Our old friend who is going to be offered the Veracruz job. No, the Querétaro job. I've heard Tigre. Oh, really? Yeah, Return. He's, in, he's one of the candidates for the Tigre job. Of course, it just became available a year, uh, an hour. Or an hour ago, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and he has, you know, a very good record with Tigre after taking him to second in the league. So, Arroyo Arena after really 
the least, uh, the, the most underwhelming domestic double ever won by a club, possibly. You say that because you're a River fan, so I think if you were no, a Boca fan, you possibly would be no, no, different about the double. This is something that Fede and Fran have both said on, on the podcast in the last few weeks as well. Um, I'm not meaning that it's not a great achievement, <laughs> but the, the manner in which it was won was perhaps not the most convincing. Um, is, is what I meant but uh, it's a bit weird then that after everybody's basically been slagging him off throughout the last year he's going to walk into by the look of it at least one job um, straight away afterwards uh, but elsewhere over the weekend what else have we had? we had Marovedo I don't know if you want to talk about Marcelo I think we'll, we'll get on to River's week a little later because the other thing is that since we last recorded, River have not only played that match in the league in which they lost 4-1 away to Colón with, well, essentially a sort of, it was two or three goals, wasn't it? In very, very quick succession, three goals in six minutes, um, and, which was a collapse and, and was calamitous. But we'll talk about it in more depth later because they've also had two Libertadores matches since we last recorded. Oh, and we will, 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 I think it would be uh, remiss of us not to include some of that in the context as well. Um, but the two major domestic unbeaten records fell this weekend. And Dan, I know you saw at least one of those. I did. Because it was on Friday when Racing got a 2-1 win over Lanús. And I already mentioned the other one, of course, which was uh, the rather more surprising one uh, of Rosario Central losing 1-0 away to Patronato. Um, let's talk about Racing Lanús first. Let's. No, and very well taken goal from actually both of them. I, I really liked how Milito took his. It sort of looked like he yeah. was going to get stuck under his feet. And then well, three of the goals, to be fair, because Lanus's goal was yeah. a nearly candidate for goal of the season, I reckon. No, it was a fantastic game, you know, aside from the result and everything, like from the way the two teams played, uh, their commitment to always attack, to push high, like keep the ball on the floor. Um, I think both teams completed more than 85% of passes, wow. which in Argentine football is immense. Possibly suggesting that pressing wasn't very... Uh... No, it was. <laughs> no, if you saw the game, like it, they were on it all the time. Mm. They're just two teams who like just got the ball down on the floor, took it out from the back and, and played really, really well. I said, um, I mentioned on Twitter, I think it's going to be hard to see a, a better game technically than that in in Argentina this year mm. Mariano you know uh, sort of regular and San Lorenzo fan didn't agree but I was saying you know for, just for pure technique uh, Racing really found their way after a few dodgy results to start with I think uh, Sava's tactics are starting to filter through Lanús have been playing uh, lovely football since the start of the year with Amiron and no a very enjoyable 90 minutes of football which Happily ended with Diego Melitos, I think, third goal of the season or fourth, and third in two matches, and the win for Racing, which puts him just five points behind Lanús at the top. Do we know whether... Lan I apologise for the dog in the background. Um, I think he's somewhere in the building, so hopefully he'll shut up. I think up hand upon Pop fans, uh, dog tolerant. Long, yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, long, long term, there's no... He's no running in the, in the building. ...without an annoying dog. Um, <laughs> Do we know whether Lanus? Thought we just got a soldier. I think they're having a party. Do we know whether uh, Lanus' goal scorer is related to their manager? I wondered that actually. He's, I, I, I can't wondered, see his first name here, but it's M Almiron. Um, Miguel, possibly, or 
I can't remember up. now. Let's see what their squad list is on Wikipedia. It's not yeah, a particularly common surname, but then I thought the same way the other week when um, Tomas Pochettino put in a great shift for Argentinos, but it doesn't look like he's related to Mauricio either. No, that would be a bit weirder in fairness, because of course Mauricio Pochettino's from Rosario, but. Uh, I don't think... But, yeah, I guess... No, because Pochettino is in uh, Bocchi. And Miguel Almiron is from Paraguay. So. Oh, of course he was. Sorry, yeah. He's, yeah. he's so well known for Newell's that I forget he's not actually from there. Um, where's their squad gone? <laughs> Where are you? Jugadores, there we are. Jugadores. <laughs> um, the name of the Almiron is Miguel Almiron, yeah. and he's Paraguayan, so, so I'm guessing he's not related to Jorge Almiron. Unless Almiron was on tour there... 20 years ago and, but that's a whole new story we'll say that for a it's not the case for, of, for example the Union uh, staff were there are two Piton Piton Bruno Piton and another, the, the another one I don't remember <laughs> both of them played the uh, against Boca the other day and or one uh, got, got into the match yeah. uh, in the second half and Pablo Pilota the, the one who was the commentator was had some difficulties to to identify them yeah. because both are I know there's been some confusion as well with Diego Melito who some people say he's got a distant relative in Independiente but we can clear this up by saying there's only one Melito indeed uh, so no very very good game very would, would Piton be seen as a, an unfortunate or a fortunate surname fortunate for Spanish because it could be Python but it could be <coughs> Something it's, else as it's well. It's not called that way, but it will be fortunate way, not the Okay. Way. There we go. I feel, I feel we're it's straying it, off topic a little it, bit. It, it sounds very much like something from Monty Python's Life of yes. Brian, um, which is why I asked. Uh, but anyway, so Racing yeah. Lanús was very good technically. Yeah, so Lanús uh, lost their unbeaten record, but uh, they shouldn't be too discouraged by that result because Indeed. they still played exceptionally well for Monty. One of the matches that I saw over the weekend was uh, Banfield against Independiente, which I quite liked and which... For about the second week running, I thought was one that Independiente ended up with a fairly comfortable win, scoreline wise. Mm. But the match itself was perhaps a little bit sort of tighter and a bit more uh, close fought than the final score suggested. Yeah. Independiente won three one. Giovanni Simeone opened the scoring for Banfield uh, with a header from um, uh, around the penalty spot about 13 minutes in. Um, and then Independiente hit back very, very quickly with 2 1 up by the break. And Martin Benitez scored a really nicely taken goal. Yes. And the Grafico, the, the, the equalizer, was also magnificent. Yes, oh, you're right, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that volley up into the top corner from an arrow angle. I apologise for burping yeah. while I was talking there. Um, but no, there was one in- incident in that game which I think uh, really changed or didn't change possibly everything when uh, Independiente were 2 1 up. I can't remember who took the shot, if it was Vitor Cuesta clears it off the line, off the line or over the line? I don't think we'll ever know for sure. And the thing is that this, it, it was one of those where the television people started to go, this is why we need technology in football, but the television people themselves haven't put a camera <laughs> on the goal line. So even the replays didn't leave us any wider and we had a ridiculous situation where right before the, the second half started, they had one of these freeze frame and move the camera imaginarily move the camera round and the posts were put at a 45 degree angle from the ground <laughs> in, the, in the screenshot in inverted commas that they gave us uh, uh, w- watching, watching the replay normally in the normal camera and, and at the normal speed I, I, I saw the ball hasn't uh, no, there's no way you can give it a go 
mm. like seeing it in real time. If you study every frame, yeah. uh, but if you watch it eight, eight times, you are not uh, in, in any position to say if it was or no. not. No, 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 no. The referee has only one time, only yeah. once, and not a, uh, with the oh, I will see the play again because he he might might watch it. At that moment, yeah. and then it's and it wasn't like the Banfield players went crazy about it. They just got on with the game, and I think that often does give you an impression of you know whether or not they think it's over. Yes, so exactly. it was it you was know certainly very obviously very on another close. day they could, they could give it, and and it's a whole different game at two all. But no, it was a funny one because I think I saw the first half of that at least in quite some detail. And you Shocking, absolutely shocking. Then suddenly, right up until something clicked, and yeah, and yeah, something something similar happened last match in, in which they won even more comfortably in yeah. terms of goals for one against Cologne, right? Mm. Against yeah. yes, and the match was also like not that difference in the in the match in the play, but they they could get the goals. Mm. Uh, they got the goals, and that's the of course you you hear, hear all the time the players, the coach, the. All the, the supporters that you don't deserve the match if you, you win it. You win them. Yeah. Then in the beginning they doesn't play perfectly or, or uh, very very well, mm. and the supporters and the media say, but in the beginning they doesn't play very well. Well, no, it's a quick team, a direct team. Uh, they've got a lot of strong runners. They've got Benitez who is very good with the ball at his feet. Talia Figo who's a machine down the left, and it's not a, a particularly sightly team, but it's effective. Um, I think one, once they come up against the better teams in the league the Rivers and what I saw against Racing it was a pretty awful game apart from the last five minutes uh, they tend to kind of lose that, that natural kind of exuberance and, and pace and kind of try and play a bit more conservatively and it yeah, doesn't suit them they've yeah. arguably had their heartless run of fixtures already which was I think a point that we were making last week in fact right after they'd beaten Colón uh, which was that run of four games without a win where they drew away to Godoy Cruz, lost at home to Central, drew at home with River, uh, sorry, drew at home with Racing in the Classico and then lost away to River. Um, and they've got a run now of sort of kinder fixtures up until the 11th round where they play uh, Vélez away from home right before um, visiting Racing, uh, followed by San Lorenzo. So that's going to be the sort of, I guess, the, the acid test for them is whether they can build some momentum and then keep it going. Um, moving along the big five I I'm sure that I oh I wasn't really paying very much attention that's why I had the television on and was tweeting and reading stuff online and whatnot during San Lorenzo the Arsenal so can anybody tell me what happened to San Lorenzo to, to lose 2-0 at home to Arsenal this R&D I kind of scratching our chins yeah. uh, Andres literally scratching his chin in fact we're, we're not really <laughs> sure um, Germán Ferreira and Mariano Barbieri scored the goals and that's about all we can tell you. But San Lorenzo... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they put out a, a changed team or the rest of a few players because they play, also played last night in uh, Libertadores. They did. They won yeah. against Garrimio. Yes, and their, their 11 for the Arsenal game was Torrico in goal, which, well, OK, you're not going to change your goalkeeper to give him the rest of it. Uh, and then right to left across the back line, Prosperi Franco Diaz Montosha. Uh, in midfield, it was Mercier and Barrientos behind Kalinski, Romagnoli, and Avila with Mauro Matos up top. Yeah, um, no Ortigosa, no. Yeah, Ortigosa no was mass. not even on the bench. I don't know whether he's injured. He played last night. Oh, in that case, he was being rested. And the bench was Eseco Cerruti's on it, Martin Cartarucci's on it, Sebastian Blanco's on it. The other names I'm less familiar with, so. Yeah, yeah maybe they were no, Moussis, yeah, a few players out there. Um, 
Moving on to the other big two, we've already mentioned River, so we may as well go big on River for <coughs> now because they've had, I think it's fair to say, a bit more of an interesting uh, three matches um, than than Bocca have since we last recorded. Um, so the last Thursday, first of all, there were two games with Argentine clubs in the Libertadores, and those were uh, River and Boca, both of whom drew 1-1, I believe, I'm correct in saying. Uh, they did, yes. Boca got a very, very good 1-1 draw away to Bolívar in La Paz, um, thanks to a last-minute rocket from Andrés Chávez. No. Is it a rocket or did the keeper just miss out and it, it was, was Carrizo? Fantastic yeah. free kick. Sorry, you're right. It was yes. Federico Carrizo. The first strike, the, Boli- the Bolívar strike, is a fantastic strike. You watch the Carrizo uh, free kick no, again and a, the keeper... It's totally lost. Like, I, I thought it was totally a very, lost. very good free kick. Watch it again and you'll see like, you could it, have done a lot better. I'm sure one thing it was we, a very good stroke. I'm sure one thing we can agree on, and obviously as, as everybody in the room at the moment thoroughly dislikes Boca Juniors, which sticks in our throats a bit to say it, but was they thoroughly deserved that draw. No, um, yeah. After going 1-0 down and, and at the altitude of La Paz, they put in a fantastic shift, um, particularly in the second half, which is precisely when most teams from near sea level start flagging. And, and by the end of it, the, the, the draw, I thought, was the least that they deserved. Um, so that was Boca. And just before that, River Plate had hosted San Paolo. And a bit of a haphazard performance. Oh, uh, <laughs> Little bit. And they'd also drawn 1-1, um, thanks to a San Paolo goal from... Was it Ganso? Yes. I missed, I missed the goal. That's why fantastic I Paolo Ganso. I had to go to the, through to the kitchen to solve an emergency. And he, that was when he scored. Um, <laughs> And then I also missed the equaliser. It's happening somehow, often. That which was calamitous. Yeah. Something that's happening quite often for you. Yeah, yeah, I, always, I have a very good habit of missing goals. I've missed both goals of this uh, match that we've got on yeah, at the moment. Yeah, now you've been here 40 minutes and nothing's happened. For the, for the benefit of, uh, of listeners, we're currently watching the River Plate of Uruguay against Rosario Central, um, and it's 1 1. And the first goal was scored when I went downstairs to let these two in, and the second goal was scored whilst I was in the kitchen getting the ice for the Fernet. How did you um, get on in the United match? Did you see both goals? I did see both of them. Uh, Thank you for pointing that one out. I'm just asking. And you watched the blooper uh, from Dennis, the goalkeeper from yeah. Sampolo? That, that, that <laughs> I still haven't seen that one. The, the no. last, last, oh, sorry, the against River last week. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that one um, since then. Mm-hmm. And I thought the, the draw for that match was. Probably the right result. Yeah, but generous River to River, to, considering they were the home, home team and, can, and should have done more. And also really. considering the fact that San Paolo were playing at home to the strongest in the first match of this group and lost, mm. River have to see, have seen that as two points dropped. Um, particularly because last night we had the other matches from that group and uh, San Paolo could only manage a 1-1 draw away to Trujillanos in Venezuela. Missing you abilities, Drev, also I should say. Uh, Missing a penalty from Ganso. Oh yeah, Ganso hit the bar from a penalty. Um, whilst River got another sort of merited one-one um, draw in La Paz, like Boca had a week before. This time away to the strongest. But reverse. Um, they took the lead early with a precisely. fantastic goal, and then in, just in when it case, looked like it was there. So for Boca last week, the draw felt like something to celebrate. Whereas for River last night, it, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth, albeit something that had been coming for most of the second half. Mm. I think less because of the effect of altitude, because River appeared to be coping pretty well with the altitude in terms of the, the running, particularly that Rodrigo Mora was able to do, and more with another calamitous defensive performance, yeah, I don't know. which is what happened at the weekend as well. So let's bring it back to the Colón game. 
Marcelo Barrovero was very, very heavily criticised for one mistake during that match when he booted the ball straight at Alan Ruiz yeah. and it bounced in. Two mistakes to, me, to be honest, ball. but not not uh, enough to to say that uh, or to criticise him. Exactly negate the whole yeah. of his spell yeah, at the yeah. club, didn't no. it? I mean, the problem is if you're putting Poncio at centre back and you're doing Machado right back, like, mm. what do you want? Like these aren't defenders; these are midfielders, and this isn't something that's been forced on River either because they've they brought defenders and they've had an injury crisis. We, were, we already knew from November. October last year that they were short at the back yeah. they had the same thing Ponzi was drafted in uh, in the centre Mashala played almost the whole year right back because Maracao gets injured because Balanta gets injured like you've got you to plan for these things yeah I absolutely. mean after playing the World Cup Championship win the Levadores they've got to have a, a few pennies lying around I'm sure to, yes. to get uh, well, some defenders in less than they arguably should of course which is why the Libertadores almost didn't start on time this year but yeah in general you at least need to. You knew that they were going to need some uh, some more backup for centre back, mm. if nothing else, yeah. because with Bailanta and, and Maidana injured at the same time, and you've got that's three, yeah. two thirds of their of their actual centre backs. My man, and my man is going to be a great player, but he's still very green, and sometimes and these twenty year old centre backs well. need someone by the side just to like grab him sometimes yeah. again fucking and let's not forget that right at the end of January or the beginning of February they almost sold my man to Fiorentina. He was only he's only still at the club because Fiorentina balls about with the amount yeah. of money they were offering um, uh, River could very easily have ended up with just two centre-backs for the yeah. entire squad I believe Man. there is something mental on, on, on Alvarez Valanta because you can't uh, injure three times yeah. in, a, in a couple of weeks you are up in, on a point on the point of recovering from your original yeah. injury then you re-injury and, and you are playing a match yeah. and uh, you injury, get the injury again. And he played against the strongest last night and had to be stretched, well, stretched off. He got up and, and put himself on the stretcher, but he had to be taken off um, about an hour or 65 minutes or so in. And apparently he's a doubt for the weekend rather than definitely ruled out. So that's encouraging. Um, yeah. But he doesn't even appear to be able to get through one match without hurting the, the truth is that I must say, though, that uh, the topic of injured defenders is quite a sensitive one for me after seeing Lolo possibly having played his last match for Racing. Is it that serious? Well, he's going to be out for two, three months, which is going to be until the end of the season. Oh, wow. And apparently he's already got his move to a Italian club, I believe, sorted. Mm. So unless Racing go through to the semis final of the Libertadores, he, he might well be, might well have played his last match. That knocking sound was done touching, touching wood, wood, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering. It can come to yeah. be a bit confusing when you've only got your ears to go with. But um, I'm sure there's like a curse on this because it was just at that time, you know, Lolo come back because he, he'd been injured for a couple of weeks at the start of the season as well. And he played two really good games for Racing. And people just about started talking about the national team for him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and it was the stupidest injury. I think he got... His metatarsal got broken by a shot that Andre Chavez fired at him and he blocked with his foot. Like, how does that? It's just freak injury. It's amazing. It's got to be the national team talk. It doesn't go down well in Racing. And in, in the case of River, it's incredible how it's obvious that last year they opened the cupboard and defenders fallen from, from it. And now you know they have two centre backs to recover, mm. to, to replace Alvarez Valanta. So, yeah. uh, Last night they had to replace uh, the Colombian defender uh, with 
Mercado going to the center, center, uh, center back and Casco going to the right. Uh, that's the, 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 the worst uh, uh, substitution you could do, but... Uh, Just anything involving Casco, right? It's, yes. it's a substitution. Yes, hel helmet, yes. You, he, he, <laughs> he should put on a helmet to avoid the, 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 the stones. There's a nice double meaning there, um, Andres, in English, in which you might not be aware of, yeah. but it works well. It's far in, too... In British English, anyway. In British English. It's, it's far too blue to, to explain yes. on... On yes, on a, on a family, family friendly yes. podcast. Children, if you're listening, please ask your parents if you're yeah. wondering, don't ask us. Milton um, Helmet. Or, or don't ask your parents. Um, <laughs> overall, then, I, and particularly with reference to last night, because last night there was some talk pre match about uh, River playing for the semester in La Paz. Overall, I thought creditable performance and, and a result as well that, although it came as a kick in the teeth in the 90th minute, if they had been offered a draw pre-match, you'd always take it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it's a kick in the teeth because River could have been home and dry by then as well. Oh, of course, again, yeah, yeah, they had... Uh, is another lie of a player. He's just a lie, as the Argentines say. Missed a glorious chance. Uh, I don't know what that kid's doing. Like, I, I know you've defended him in, in the past, I think, Sam, but... No, I think, I you're, thinking of, I think you're thinking of Lucas Boucher, who I've said is a good footballer, but uh, an awful striker. Drusi I've said very little about, but I largely agree yeah. with what you're saying, in fact. It's like, I, can't, I don't see what role he plays in the River team. He's, like, he's not a striker, he's not a playmaker. He's uh, not he seems to fill cool. space. It's a space for Leah. Um, very, very strange. It's, so, it's far from over, um, though, for, for River in the Libertadores. The strongest... Well, astonishingly top group one at the moment after three matches because uh, of course they got that shot 1-0 win away to Sao Paulo in the opening um, round of games uh, so they've got seven points River have got five Sao Paulo have got two and Trujillanos have got one and River have still got the strongest and Trujillanos to come at home so you'd have to make River favourites to qualify probably with the strongest in second given they've still got Sao Paulo at home and I think Trujillanos at home as well no sorry they've got Trujillanos away but we've I mean, seen our with that group and given how badly San Paolo are playing, like anything but passing from that group is a disaster for him. Mm. Absolute disaster. Yeah. That match for me was had uh, left me opposite sensations or feelings because well uh, they proved or at least last night a uh, river team that played uh, showed that they could uh, play in, in a way that they could. Uh, generate some some options to, to score. Of course, they couldn't uh, uh, put it into goals uh, uh, because if not, they they should have won. But uh, uh, they, if they had won, they should they they, they would have broken a, a, a streak of 51 years of the strongest not losing against Argentinian teams uh, because the last time that uh, this happened was Boca. Defeating them 3-2, I think, in the 1970s. No, 1970 was the last that was time that the, an Argentinian team won in La Paz. Uh -huh. But the strongest hasn't uh, lost uh, since 1965, yeah. uh, when they, they, they lost against Boca. Uh, oh. So it's 51 years. They really are the strongest. Yeah. And I, we have not said anything, and I've just been reminded about it, because the Fox Sports uh, adverts at half-time of the Central match have just shown it. Uh, about Rodrigo Mora's goal in last night's match, which was... I was stunned. All, I, all I'll say is, if you want to see what it looks like when somebody does an overhead kick when the ball's at about knee height, 
Google Rodrigo Mora's goal because I don't know how on earth he did it, but he managed it somehow. Um, other groups, obviously the central match is only halfway through, and we probably, I don't know whether we're still going to be recording when it ends. I would be on the side of just about hoping not. Um, and Racing are playing later tonight, but San Lorenzo, yeah, Racing are playing later tonight in Boca's group, so commenting on group three is, is a bit off as well. But San Lorenzo and Oracan, I think we can comment on. Um, Oracan are in group four and have three points, they're in third place. One point behind Sporting Cristal, who they have to play in their next match. Um, Atletico Nacional are going to qualify from that group. They've got 12 they points got ahead of the team. Really and Peñarol, I think, are probably going to go out, although nothing's mm-hmm. definite yet, because if Oracan and Cristal draw, um, it's, it's still doable for Peñarol. Peñarol have only got one point. Are Oracan going to get through that? You never know with Oracan, because... So sometimes they play like they're the best team in South America and sometimes they wouldn't look out of place in in the Argentina. Mm. <laughs> it just depends what yes. Huracan turns up on the night. Like There's no way to predict. And that goes as much for, um, for South American competition as it does in the league. Yeah. Like, no one has a clue how Huracan are going to play it. It's, it's a team that the more you, the more they suffer, the more they yeah. take up something from inside. inside. Mm-hmm. And, and the more you expect from them, the more they just going to fall flat on their face mm. and it's the others, quite incredible the other Argentine side of course are San Lorenzo who are in group 6 um, and again that's another group where not everyone's played the same number of games so top of group 6 at the moment with 7 points from 3 matches are Toluca in 2nd place with 5 points from 4 matches are Gremio and San Lorenzo have got 3 points from 4 matches and Liga de Quito have got 3 points from 3 matches not looking good they can still get through it, but they're going to have to win probably both of their... Well, they're going to have to win at least one of their they must games, expect, obviously. But first of all, they must both, expect they? Toluca win against uh, Liga de Quito. Because yeah. if not, they... Yeah, they if Liga de Quito jump above San Lorenzo points-wise, then that is a big problem for them. Um, so we shall see yeah. with that one. Watch this space. I'm looking uh, forward to in an hour, Racing in Cali, and for a match that if they do win, it'll it pretty much through. Yeah. yeah. Um, after only three games as well, because so far Racing topped that group with four points from two matches. Bolivar, a second on goal difference, also with four points, but they've played three. Boca mm-hmm. have got three points from three, and Deportivo Cali have got one point from two matches. Um, Grupo de la Muerte. So a win for. You reckon? It's a tough group. It definitely is a tough group. Yeah, having a La Paz side in there and yeah, yeah. Um, and two Argentine giants is Indeed. interesting. Our, our Boca, right, and now we move on to Boca, who are the other big five side who domestically we've not mentioned yet. They beat Union 2-1 on yep. Monday night. Sherma Barres-Kilota's first victory after three consecutive draws. Yes, yes. Uh, his first victory in as well. His first uh, home match with a crowd as well. Uh, with Carlos Tevez scoring in the final minute to uh, secure a 2 1 win over Union. So Carlitos I, I, is not moving? Nah, Carlitos is going to stay. Okay. Yes, it's okay. a shame, really, that Fede, uh, who was due to be here this evening, was in, in the end unable to get out of work early enough to, to come and record. Um, so we can't ask him. But do, do we think Boca are going to make it out of that group? It's by no means over for them. There's still half of the group stage to go, and they're only one point behind Bolivar, even if Racing do win tonight. No, the advantage Boca have got is that uh, they're going to play now Deportivo Cali at home. I'm not saying in any particular order. Um, they've got Bolivar at home. Yeah. Those are two games which Boca have to take six points from, and they should, Yeah. because Bolivar and 
when they played Racing at least were dreadful and went down 4-1 uh, Deportivo Cali I didn't see them against Boca but I also saw them in La Paz when they lost to Bolivar and they were also dreadful that's in La Paz of course so that's in La Paz yeah, yeah but to... I don't want to have another repetition of Lima Gate but Cali has some altitude perhaps oh, maybe. true yeah Cali's I'm not sure whether it's quite let's, let's Google Cali it's yeah, gonna be on the beach again, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Cali is uh, a city in Colombia. Thank you, Google. Yes, we yep, like that. Excellent. Let's see whether Wikipedia gives us an altitude for it. But I think you're right, though. It is up in the mountains. Uh, I can see a mountain there anyway. Entre la Cordillera Occidental y Cordillera Central, so it's between. Usually, in the right-hand column, they have. Yeah, that's what I'm looking down. The Altitude is 1,000 metres up above sea level. So Something, something. It, it's up yeah. there, but it's not... Uh, no. It's nowhere near as high as La Paz. No, um, but also Colombian clubs play Lima. regularly in Bogota. They play, yeah, 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 that's true. And it, and it is higher than Lima, yeah, yeah. it has to be said. It's higher so, than Lima. Yes. On the, on the so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if the, the altitude is such a big issue for Colombian clubs yeah. and, as it would be for, true. for Argentina. That's my point. But they were so. absolutely... Fucking awful when they play against Bolivar. So we'll that's got to be six points for, for Boca. I will be back, of course, after the theme music at the very end of the show to tell you what the uh, Racing versus, uh, sorry, the Deportivo Cali versus Racing score is uh, later on tonight. Um, I've just said all that and you put on in the end Deportivo Cali won 4 0. I'm going to feel like a right twat. Well, <laughs> how is that going to differ from normal then? No, this is we, true. We love you, really, don't worry. Um, so let's go through the group stage tables now. I think because we've had seven matches, so we're like not halfway quite through, halfway through. Yeah. We're, we're not too far off either. Um, group one looks as follows: Rosario Central top it with fourteen points, just ahead of Godoy Cruz, basically on goal difference, which actually won't be used, of course, if those two teams mm-hmm. end up joint top on points. Um, who also have fourteen? Arsenal de Sarandí are third with thirteen points. San Lorenzo are twelve, as do Colón. Independiente 11, Gimnasia 10, Vélez Sarsfield 9. It's a bit of a weird one, this, because I'm doing a weekly uh, previews for the bubble for, for each um, weekend and recommending matches to watch and matches to avoid and stuff. And I found a disproportionate number of the matches to sort of make sure you get, because it's two really good teams going at each other, seem to be in Group 1 rather than in Group 2. Um, really? Not all of them, by any means, but uh, I think Group 1 is... We sort of hinted at it as well at the beginning of the year. We said it looked like the stronger group. Um, group two, the standings are Lanús, in spite of their unbeaten record having fallen, are three points clear, even so, with 16. Pause to let that bus go past. With 16 from uh, seven matches. Second place, joint second place, three teams. Can you name. I'll, I'll give you a point if you can name two of them off the top of your head without. Atletico Tucumán. Go on. Defensa y Justicia. Well done. You, you saw it, that's why. No, 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 I, I imagined that. Uh, Defensa y Justicia, Atletico Tucumán, and the other one is less surprising, I don't remember who's in that fucking group. Estudiantes. Estudiantes. But Defensa y Justicia and Atletico Tucumán are two of the clubs who were, sec- who were basically joined second in group two. Um, it would be magnificent if one of them got into the final for a shot at the league title, mm. wouldn't it? It would be interesting. It's yeah. a ridiculous bloody structure to have for a league championship. But if Defensa Justicia become champions of Argentina for six months, or for a year, in fact, um, or let's go on even. Arsenal will be champions. Uh, yeah. 
and just to piss off my in-laws as well, which oh, would be great. That's very true. Well, I don't know your in-laws, but uh, they're, it's a very good They're San Martin fans. Um, one there. point behind them with fifth with 12 points is San Martin de San Juan. And then there's one point gap to two slightly less surprising clubs who should be competing for titles, really. Boca Juniors and Racing. This is an interesting stage for Lanús because they just had probably their, bi- well, their biggest test so far of the year because they lost it against Racing and now this weekend they'll host Boca. Yeah. So. To what die time. And also, Dark Horse is potentially in Group 2 because, of course, Group 2 is distorted by the fact that Huracan had about 5 million matches postponed because yeah. Patricio Taranzo hurt his foot. Um, the interesting thing in Group 2 as well is that both uh, Group 2 heavyweights, let's say the Grandes, Boca and Racing, have home Clásicos to play. Ah, uh, of in course. The, uh, yeah, fecha right. de los Clásicos. Yeah. And Huracan um, has another uh, another match postponed. That Huracan have got have got yes. two games in hand still. That they they've only played five matches, um, and if they win both of those, they will go joint top along with Lanús after seven mm. games. Um, those matches if, are it's against, a big if talking about Huracan. Yes, indeed. Well, definitely yeah, Huracan. They're so, they're so, uh, so what was the word I was looking for? Consistent. Um, but the matches that they have in hand are against. Uh, they are the round three and four games, and they're against Aldo Civi at home. Mm. And Aldo Civi are a similarly inconsistent team, in fact, we've found so far this year. And away to Argentinos Juniors, which is basically three points nailed on, even for Huracan, I would think, because Argentinos are terrible this year. Um, and indeed, our bottom of Group 2, with yeah. two points from six matches. That's a good thing about Racing as well. We've got probably the hardest fixtures out of the way already. Mm. Um, not too badly like Lanús Independiente away Boca those are falling so I think the second half of the season's a little bit kinder so you're saying Lanús uh, that Racing are nailed on for the championship oh completely definitely definitely going to be in the final and if they're not it will be a complete and total failure and you'll have to I'm infused I'm definitely infused uh, to run naked around Parque Centenario and we'll we'll record it and uh, I'm definitely infused by this Racing team. I think I saw something. I think you're right. A comment on Twitter earlier, which which made me think, and I think it's very valid. You, said, you know, at this kind of level in Argentine South American football, you you go into a game and you see Diego Melito and Lisandro Lopez on on a team sheet, and, and even before kickoff, you've got to think, right? Ah, this team's this team's all right, like, mm. and it's already like signed out, and then you've also got. Bow, who's been injured, but I think he's going to be on the bench tonight. He was the top scorer in the Libertadores last year. Yeah, so. Al- albeit largely due to hitting two hat tricks in the first two games. Of the that definitely stage. helps. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Add to um, that, Roger Martinez, think, who's having a brilliant year. Romero. And I think you're right regarding the fixture list because the, the fixtures they've had so far have been mm-hmm. obviously. Let's go through them in order. A two-one defeat away to Atlético Tucumán on the opening weekend. Mm-hmm which at the time, for all of us non-Racing fans, was hilarious. Mm. But actually, it turns out since then, that Atletico took a man of yeah, a pretty good, yeah. good team. Um, 2-2 at home to San Martin, which was a case of, you, you could say, Sava still finding his feet. 5 nil away to Newell's, which in hindsight just seems like a complete aberration, just both a, for Racing and for yeah. Newell's. Anomaly. 1-1 away to Independiente, and then since then, three straight wins in the league. 1-0 at home to Boca, mm-hmm. 6-3 away to Union. Uh, it's still hard to say that scoreline with a straight face and 2-1 at home to Lanús at the weekend and they've got coming up now Atletico Rafaela away Tigre at home Abbasibi away Argentinos at home Independiente at home 
Huracan away, Estudiantes at home, Defensa Justicia away, Tempele at home. Yeah. Of those, obviously the Clásico and Estudiantes, for me, stand out as being the, the most challenging ones yeah. by some distance. Um, but the rest are winnable. Well, yeah. Independiente at home as well is eminently winnable. Mm. Yeah, so obviously yeah. it's a Clásico, so you never know what could happen, mm. but by all means, yeah. Just remember in 2014 to take the title, Racing won nine games in a row without conceding a goal. Let's see if Lightning strikes twice. You heard it here first, listeners. Put all of your money on it and sue Dan if it doesn't happen. I'm not going to put any money on it, but if you want to, it's fine. Up to you. Um, I think that we... Well, we've, we've, we've gone through the Primera, we've gone through the Copa Libertadores as well. Um, so at this juncture, we're going to take a break because we're also just... Oh, we've timed this perfectly, in fact, because Dan's just finished his glass and me and Andres have got another sip each. So we will refill, um, replenish our, our fernets, uh, and we'll be back after this short half-time break That uh, d- during the break that we've not talked at all about the selección, that is Spanish for national team, uh, and Spanish is the language that we talk in Argentina sometimes, occasionally, um, yeah, or a version it of depends it. Depends where you are in Argentina. The versions yes, change a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and in one or two places, it's probably Guarani in a couple of small little villages up in the north, yeah, maybe yeah. near the Paraguay border. But still, by and large, it's Spanish. Um, so. We're going to discuss the national team, just the squad and the selection, because we didn't really cover it last week. Uh, actually, I'm guessing we that, Had it been announced last week when we recorded? I don't know. I'm guessing... I think it had, had it. Um, th- my favourite thing about it was that, unfortunately, they've now corrected it, but the original graphic that the AFA tweeted um, with the full squad list and all the player mugshots spelt Lionel Messi's first name incorrectly. It was spelt Lionel, ah, which of excellent. all of the players that you could get wrong had to be that one, <laughs> didn't it? Um... Anyway, main discussion points, whether it was last week or, or the week before that it was announced, let's go through it very quickly now. Obviously, next week we'll be going very big on, on a proper previous last first Ah, right, so it's recording. In that case, it's a legitimate source for discussion this week. Um, goalkeepers, first of all, Sergio Romero, Nahuel Guzman, Jerónimo Rulli. No surprises, no arguments there, right? No, I think Rulli's call-up is, is interesting. It's no, the first sorry. or the second because Marchesina would always be the. I think or, it is the first, in fact. Yeah. But yeah, he'd always he always kind of been on the on the edge of a call up, but never quite got it. Obviously, he's not going to play because Romero is the first choice. But it's good to see him in the mix. Yeah, you can learn a lot from Romero, I'm sure. Defenders. This is something <laughs> we were discussing during the break. Pablo Sabaleta, and it's also something we've had a question about, which we'll get onto obviously in a few minutes. Um, Pablo Sabaleta, Facundo Roncaglia, Gabriel Mercado, Ribeiro. I'll, I'll highlight the ones who are playing for, for uh, Argentine clubs, by the way. Nicolás Otamendi, Mateo Musacchio, Ramiro Funes Mori, Marcos Rojo, Leonel Bangioni, who is a Leonel, who also plays for River, Javier Pinola of Rosario Central. He was last involved for the national team um, nine years ago, prior to the 2007 Copa America, when... He, the reason he was left out was because a few weeks before the tournament, um, Juan, Manri, 
Juan Roman Riquelme mm-hmm. announced that he would be, in fact, happy to rejoin the national side fold, um, and therefore a place had to be made available for him. So Pinola was the one who mm-hmm. possibly would have gone to that Copa America if it weren't for that. Um, and nine years later, he's, he's back in the national, tie, national team of, of Rosario Central, um, and Martin Demichelis is the other uh, defender. What has Demichelis done to warrant that place, I wonder? I don't know if anybody's been watching Manchester City too much this season, but I'm wondering what Otamendi's done to merit his place as well. I mean, yeah, but Otamendi, I've at least not you know watched he's, as yeah. much of City as, as a lot of City fans have. But every time I do catch highlights of them, he seems to be completely on the other side of the pitch to where he's meant to be. It, yeah. he is, it has to be said much, much, much better for Argentina. Yeah, the Mercedes, no. It seems like um, Martino kind of had the list already typed up from the last call-ups, and he thought, uh, yeah. "Who can I put? It? Nah, fuck it." I'm already halfway there. I've changed the big ones. Just leave Dimitrescu in. He'll like like the chance to get back to Argentina for a while. Assuming that Sabaleta and Rojo are nailed on as the fullback starters, mm. um, who is our central defensive partnership if we're picking this team? It's, you've got to keep an all Premier League lineup for me and put in Odamendi and Funes Mori. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Doesn't sound too controversial. No. I, I might be tempted to take a risk with Musacchio. Um, but who do you but, leave out? Unless Otamendi, well, of course, who had an injury scare at midweek, unless he's not he's yeah. not fit to come. Of course, might. yeah, you were saying he's got a dead leg, yeah. but he should looks, be okay, shouldn't he? Looks like they go, go well one with the, the other one, mm. one with each other. Uh, I mean, Otamendi and Funes Mori both are. They, I, I think they got to know them well and now. They, if they can play together, it will be good because, of course, Mukasagi yeah. is good enough. But uh, it's important for a national team when you don't have a lot of time to work mm. to yeah. make a, a pair of, of players solid, yeah. uh, like Definitely. a society. Mm-hmm. Having said all of that, of course, I'm, I'm a champion for the last, uh, well, since the Copa America, really, of, of the idea of. Uh, including as one of the two centre-backs the gentleman whose name I'm now about to read out because the midfielders uh, and the first of these I would not call up as a midfielder as I've just said are Javier Mascherano Matias Craneviter Augusto Fernandez Enzo Perez Lucas Biglia Javier Pastore apparently not playing competitive football for a full season pretty much gets you a place in the national team it's been right for Demichelis Rojo and Romero I hope you're not suggesting that the Premier League is no more competitive than... than no, I'm saying Rojo hasn't played because he's been injured all year. Oh, OK. No, Romero I'm, hasn't I'm, played because he's he's been he's Romero and he doesn't play. I was suggesting that if you're a Paris Saint-Germain player, you haven't really had a, much of a, a run-out, really, meaningfully, in the last uh, seven or eight months. We should probably leave Di Maria out then. Eber Banega... <laughs> Uh, Angel, well, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. And Angel Di Maria, <laughs> who is, is on the AFA's list as, as a, a delantero, a forward, but I'm going to include as a midfielder. And Eric Lamela as well. Um, no no domestic players in, in the midfielders. No. Controversial? No. It's probably Maybe got not. a lot to do with the fact Ngago is he's slowly getting back. He played all right. Yeah, yes, I saw him against Racing in the Libertadores. He actually put in a decent shift. He's but 32. He's yeah, but Diego Biglia, Macherano, Meter is no, no room for, yeah. for that. I'm wondering, is there no other midfielders locally who could who could step up? Is there a... For, for he's example, 29. Bloody hell, I thought he was much older than me. I guess, I, I don't know if uh, it has already been talked about, 
Mm. For example, the church for the uh, Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. I think for the that's going to be we're interesting. Going to see a yeah. much more um, domestic bias to the, to the squad. As, and um, for and I look forward to seeing it. In fact, and another midfielder that I heard uh, in the Banfield in the beginning of the match that Martino is following uh, Ivan Rossi from Banfield for also for the Ivan Rio Ross. 2016. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty. Decent midfielder, uh, so he's. I think he will get the place that was uh, originally for Gil Romero, but now he's not playing. Mm. So uh, Ivan Rossi will be okay. the, yeah. the one. Uh, and uh, the forwards are Ezekiel Lavezzi, who I mean, God, if, if Lee Gun's uncompetitive, Lavezzi actually apparently got off the plane in China when he moved to Hebei Fortune a couple of weeks ago, and the journalist. One of the questions he got asked was. Um, how are you going to work this around your, your national team commitments for Argentina? And his reply, I'm told, was, let's face it, I don't think I'm going to be playing for the Argentine national team again now. <laughs> and here he is in the first squad to be announced right after it. Again, um, he was already in the list. And, well, at least yeah, he was honest. Must be, must yeah. be. Uh, Lionel Messi, not too controversial, that one. Nicolás Gaitán, Sergio Aguero, Gonzalo Higuaín, Paulo Dybala and Ángel Correa. So all of the local yeah. domestic call-ups are in defence, which is yeah. interesting considering the uh, standard of defending in some of the league matches this season. <laughs> but still, um, any any players who didn't make it who you might have been tempted to call up in any of the three lines, gents? I would have been tempted to give a call for Lieto, who's not been scoring that many for Atletico, but he's been playing very well off, uh, off Griezmann. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I've been calling for Lieto in the national team for a good... 12 months now I think at least if not 18 so nothing really new there um, after that it's so tough because obviously in in the forward line you've got Messi Aguero Di Maria is Higuain there? is that Higuain? Higuain is yeah. there yeah. you can't really argue with that like this, you've got guys who are scoring who score every week for fun in in Europe's best leagues and just very hard for a uh, for a local player, even even though they score a lot, yeah. To, to justify, if, if you were going to come up with somebody outside that sort of set yeah. forward line, then it Someone would like be one Pepe of the other San, guys in Europe, yeah, wouldn't no. it? Or, well, yeah, but I was, I think <laughs> it, it, it would be it would be Vieto. Yeah, uh, you could maybe make an interesting case for. Um, I've forgotten his name now. Halfway through that sentence, the name just escaped my head. The guy at Leicester. Oshawa. Oshawa. Thank you. Yeah, mm. no, not Oshawa. It's um, a young, a young. No, no, I realise that, but I think that you you'd. He's maybe more worthy of a call-up than, than Pepe Sand. Possibly, possibly. It's debatable. Potentially. Bordegaray. Bordegaray. If Bordegaray ever makes the Argentina squad, then there's hope for all of us. Um, that's all that we'll say on the national team for now, so we've basically just read you the, the players. And so given they'll be thought. playing but as on we say, next Thursday, I guess. Next, yeah. Chile. Chile away to Chile, Santiago. And then the following Tuesday at home in Cordoba. In the Cordoba Cowpatch. Against, uh, against Bolivia. Well, it's being relayed today. Relayed? Yeah, yeah, they're relaying the pitch because they can't have the national team playing on, uh, on it in the state that it was in, in the Mario Kempes. There's some controversy about that because there was, I think a player has been injured because of the of the of the way the thing, yeah. the the pitch was, well, the last game was a Cordoba derby, so yeah. I don't know if yeah. you share it. Yeah. Saying the pitch was the fault for that, with some of the stuff that was going on in that game, is is controversial. I think also as well. I that was a great game to watch, actually, just 
for like the roar of the fans. Yeah. They're like really, really interesting. Like seeing I, Tashir is back up with the almost the medium boys, let's I, say. I suspect as well that the pitch being relayed might be something that they've been told to do in order to get the match because of course there was a big controversy when the well just before in fact the venue was initially announced because it turned out that the government of the, this, the, the provincial government of Cordoba had uh, refused to pay the AFA 10 million Argentine pesos in return for the right to stage the match. They thought this was extortionate when, when the AFA play at, at River Plate Stadium here in Capital Federal. Um, they either do so without charging a fee or I think possibly they might charge River rent on the, pay River rent on the stadium themselves. Um, and so they thought that the, uh, the, the being told to pay the AFA all this money was, was extortionate and it wasn't good for the province of Cordoba. They eventually signed the deal without any money passing hand. It would not surprise me if one of the AFA stipulations was okay, you don't have to pay us anything, but please at least read that It was a great, I don't know if you saw the sports supplement of La Nación today. I did not. The centre pages was, obviously one side was Messi's wondrous, wondrous play last night against Arsenal. The other side, um, the Mario Kempis pitch looking dreadful. And the title was From the Billiard Table to the Padrero. Very, very good. Very good title. I, I quite like that one. Padrero being, Dan, if you would like to offer a quick the translation is non-Hispanophone the, um, the traditional patch of wasteland or empty field no, that yes. a lot of uh, Argentine players, you know, in, in the most romantic of minds, grew up playing on yes. in the province of well, Buenos Aires, in the province of Santa Fe. These players, like for example Ortigosa, who who uh, yeah. told these, uh, used to play a shootout for for money. Uh, I don't know if Ortigosa is the most romantic image that would come to mind, but yeah, he's from that that kind of word. Maradona is is another one, you know. Tevez, Tevez, Messi, and all these guys, yeah. Um, we will now move on to listeners' questions. We have had several, and I'm trying to scroll up and find them now because I've just scrolled past all of them. We had far fewer than last week. The first is a reminder tweet from Alex Di Noia, who says, I have emailed the pod a question of the utmost importance, thanks in mm-hmm. advance, and he did indeed, and I passed this one on to the Hand of Pod hive mind, that uh, email list, so not just the people um, who, who are appearing on this week's podcast, and the message that Alex originally sent us was, I was devastated to find out that Emiliano Papa was transferred away from Independiente, meaning that we will never get to see the delicious combination of Papa y Cebolla, which is in English would be potatoes and onion, Ooh, I love potatoes. cooking something up on El Rojo's left wing, unless it did in fact happen and I missed it. He said, this got me thinking, can the podcast come up with a best 11 of Primera División players, past and present, with food nicknames or well, they names. They did play together last year, didn't they? They might have done. Yeah. Either way, sure. it's a valid question. Cebosha didn't play very much. Indeed. He's always injured or suspended or doing something. Cebosha Rodriguez, of course, being the, the nickname of... of yeah. uh, oh God, I've forgotten this. Cristian Rodriguez. Christian. Uh, who is one of Independiente's three Rodriguez brothers. Um, who are not brothers. No. He says, if not an 11, then at least enough ingredients to get a good stew going. Alex, we've surpassed ourselves it's this week. I think everybody will agree. Because... On our emails, we've managed to get not only a full 11, but also a fair chunk of a technical team and a bench as well. And a commentator. And a commentator as well, yes. <laughs> so, I'm trying to find now the email where we actually came up, well, where you guys largely, because I pretty much just sent it to you and then ignored it, um, came up with the final 11. And Oh, let's just click. There we go. Here we go. 
So the, la- the, the 11 that we ended up with was... We did complete the 11. We did, didn't we? There's three questions. I put in 10 and then I whacked in one. There was this, the right midfielder, I think, that was yeah. missing. Ah, uh, still. Okay. I can, I can put the right midfielder in in real time if you want to read out the rest case, of In that case, let's do that. So in goal, we have Carlos Lechuga, or Lettis Roa. Uh, right back, Pablo Morron, which is uh, bell pepper, Rochen. Centre-backs are Sebastián Tomatito Pena and Alfio Coco Basile, which is uh, little tomato and coconut. At left-back, Juan Carlos Chimi Blengio, which is an uh, Argentine local sauce, yeah. basically. It's a Chimichurri. Sausage sandwich. Um, at right midfield, we have, Dan. Marcos Huevo or Egg Acuña. Playing on the other side, but he's, he's all right. He's, cut in, he can cut in. Inverted winger. Definitely. Um, central midfield Reynaldo Mostaza Merlo who could also be uh, player manager of course yeah. left midfield Angel Fideo Di Maria or Noodle or Spaghetti Di Maria um, and attacking central midfield Leonardo Pisculici of River who is Golosina or Sweetie um, the centre forwards are, of course Alejandro Chori Dominguez who long term listeners will remember is Alejandro Pork Sausage Sandwich Dominguez mm. And Javier Conejito Saviola, or Little Rabbit, because why not? Yeah. Um, the commentator, as uh, Joel, I think, no, as Dan, in fact, okay. says, would obviously be Sebastián Pocho Chicken Vignolo. Um, Joel suggests that we go with three up front and bring in Jorge La Chancha Rinaldi. Which is you could the, also have Maximiliano Chanchi Estevez there. Yes, both of which are uh, suckling. Second, They're out, aren't they? Uh, I, I suppose you'd have to have Christian Fabiani sort of not being allowed anywhere near the stadium or he might just <laughs> um, we've also got a few other suggestions apart from this though from, from the email um, Andres or somebody before Andres replied uh, originally that the centre forwards were Sebastian Cebosha Siorini mm-hmm. or Onion and Francisco Panchito Guerrero which is uh, a hot dog a hot dog of course yeah there's a lot of panchos around. It's like more of a, yes, a common is, nickname. Yeah, indeed. Um, and what were the other technical team people? Where, that, was that? that was from Gustavo. That was from At the yes. bottom, I think. Yeah. Ah, right, yes. Gustavo suggests on the bench Cesar Elecce Paglia or La Paglia. Milk. Yes. La Paglia, sorry. Yes. And another manager, Sergio Huevo Rondino, which as Dan has already said is egg. As a caretaker, when Mostasa resigns after a lousy streak, we can have Arsenio Pomelo Rebecca, which is very good indeed. That's great for us. That's very good. Um, I was so saying, if the team was playing a bit bland, you could also chuck in Cesar Picante Pereira. Indeed. Spicy Pereira. I don't know if it counts as food or a condiment, but we had chimney. So exactly, yeah. I mean, you've got to, you have to have Joel also suggested, but this is polemic because uh, he took ants as a food. The Antonio ah, Ormiga yes. Alzamendi. But oh yeah, yeah. We should uh, stay. It's got to be experimental, I think. Yes. And, uh, there we go. We hope you really enjoyed that one, Alex. And thank you very much for the question. It's nice to stretch our imaginations a bit sometimes outside of the norm, the the, the normal restrictions of the pitch. Um, but now back to those. It's got to be a tuco, right? Yeah, like salsa tuco. It must be yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Alex Brown asks: Is there any updates on when away fans will be allowed back at games? No, no, no. There's not. And also, will the alcohol bans at games ever be lifted? Not on your I, I think the appropriate response to that question is about five minutes of raucous laughter, but um, no, in short. It's worth saying Go on. Um, that this isn't just a football theme brought in 
no, this is all massive. This is in Argentina. Uh, it's federal law. I don't know if it's it's federal. Oh no, you're right. It might be possibly municipal, which is used in yeah, yeah. generally in Argentina. Massive events, especially massive outdoor events. Apart uh, from ones, it's important to say. Apart from ones that are sponsored by beer companies yes. or alcohol companies, uh, these events are almost always dry. If you go I to the Kilmes Rock Festival, it's I'm sure they'd have given you've, you've got bad beer coming out of your ears. Because I'm. I went to see once um, Fito Pais in, in La Jeva, and that was also a dry event. Mm. Um, although there was plenty of uh, weed going around, so it wasn't that bad. Much uh, like a football match, then. Yeah, essentially. It's kind of, you it's take away the legal highs to yeah. uh, let, you know, give more market to the illegal ones. It's also worth mentioning that before football matches, there's often an exclusion zone about a kilometre around the ground where they're not allowed to sell alcohol. Yeah. But it's surprisingly easy to find fun. Yeah, we always find a way. Available if you're really we'll looking definitely for. find a way. Yeah. Uh, Chris Murtag asks Falcioni is coming back to Banfield. Is this us moving forward or backwards? I thought we were going to go for a younger coach. Was there not? I heard today uh, movement. Uh, it's Vivas, right? Daniel Vivas, who is uh, going Vivas, back yeah. to the youth, teams. going back to the youth teams, and they're going to bring in Falciani over his head to, to be the coach. To admit, I was unaware that Sebastian Mendes had um, left until didn't he Chris, leave three years ago? Oh, As a player, yeah, but he was managing them. Until, oh no, hang on, is he managing now? Is it Godoy Cruz? Oh, that's, no, that's that's no. yes. Sorry, Mendes right. has been at Atlanta. He's he's, been he's currently managing somebody in the Primera, yeah. but you're right, it's not Banfield. So I've just embarrassed no, myself. He hasn't Carry been on. he hasn't been Banfield coach for a while. No, for some time, you're yeah. in Indy. Apparently, um, they're going to bring Falcioni back since they've already got Silva and mm-hmm. and Arvita. I think the plan there is, you know, to get the old team together and try and entice. James Rodriguez, who might not be that happy at Real Madrid uh, to join the Dream Team. Let's well, see how it know. goes for him. Yeah. You know, optimism is not like miss. times ago. I can't imagine. James Rodriguez, Papelito Fernandez, yeah, yeah. Lopez. I can't imagine uh, Vivas is going to be very happy with this since he's done all right with Manfield. And like going back to the youth yeah. team's a bit of a kick in the teeth. I mean, it's not like it's a youth team at even one of their grandes. So what's the story? Because as I say, I was uh, although I just uh, completely shat the bed by suggesting that Mendes had until recently been manager of Banfield again. Um, what's the story behind moving Vivas downstairs, as it were? Just to make space for Falcioni, I think. Oh, really? Since Falcioni's uh, available and thought, yeah, the coach. Not? Yeah, he's a coach who, who won in the league, so why not? And okay. It's not the same problem with, for example, Guillermo at Boca that he had uh, his own reserves coach mm. Uh, and uh, Schiavi was the one in charge. Yeah. And in this case, he Falcini has a, a, a reserves coach, or well, or, or Rivas is going to be not reserve the yeah, the, the minor divisions yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Frederick tweets in to ask what is uh, a question that we've already addressed. Really, what is Argentina's best back four? How about Sabaleta, Musacchio, Garay, and Vangioni? Not quite the same as what we were discussing a minute ago, which of course was. What would we choose for for the next two matches ourselves? But what what do we think is the best bet for? I guess sort of medium to long term. Yeah, that's not far off, is it? I don't know. What's going right to long term? Like, surely there must be a better left back around. I, I should put sure. perhaps Sabaleta, Otamendi, Funes Mori, and Rojo. If if it is normal, they are with uh, uh, English dancer that uh, Rojo is, has been injured and hasn't been playing. Mm. In that case, he wouldn't be part of the. Of the of the starting lineup as a, an imaginary imaginary starting lineup team, but 
in, in normal conditions I would include him into the mm -hmm. uh, ideal uh, box. Okay. And then uh, Liam Kelly tweets in with a three-parter. Um, he says, River are paying the price for not strengthening defensively, capitulating at its finest at Colón. That's not a question. something yeah. we said earlier. No, no, but as I say, it's three-parter. All right. Uh, the second tweet is, much improved last night, away to um, the strongest. Was it a positive result after leading for so long? I think we've sort of covered that, but I would also, as I said, take issue with uh, Liam's suggestion that it was much improved last night, because I thought it was less the altitude and more the fact that River gave up so many chances, mm. but the, by the end of it, one of them was always going to go in for the strongest. Yeah, River have got to be disappointed they didn't come away for three points there, especially since they haven't had the best... Uh, Libertadores campaign up to, uh, up to the current time I think possibly if Racing went up to La Paz having won one drawn one of their first two games and got a point it's, uh, it's kind of a different feeling especially if mm. if you've dominated the whole game or not dominated but had the best chances to win it um, and if you've done the hard work in La Paz for 90 minutes you can't let one in in the 91st minute yes the result so, is the same the feeling is not the same because of course Boca uh, was about to get back with no points from La Paz and they got one just in the last minute mm -hmm. and just the same but the opposite way was uh, was with River winning the from the 17th minute of play and then uh, coming to Argentina with only one point yeah. the feeling is strange it's like uh, very of a waste, but uh, then at the end of the day, with some some Paulo uh, uh, being not able to defeat uh, Trujillanos, uh, has a special uh, meaning. Yeah, that that result definitely helps. But I think they they'd be disappointed to be getting back on the plane with with only and, one point. And they play simple. But I they think the performance. Uh, sorry, the, the performance yeah. apart from defensively. River have got something to, to gain confidence with there, yeah. I thought, most of the game. And so there's always this plus and minuses, particularly because it's such a weird way around to be addressing the question when they've just played in La Paz. And as I said earlier, if you'd said to Gachardo before the match kicked off, sign this bit of paper, it will give you a point. Yeah. He'd have done it without a question. Um, and so it's a very, it, it's really weird to see a match snatched away like that. And particularly when, as I've said about three times already now, uh, it didn't really seem to be the altitude to blame. It seems to be River just shooting themselves in the foot with, yeah. with a very, not poor necessarily, but haphazard defensive mm. performance again. I think they even, I don't have uh, the stats right now, but they should have uh, had more uh, a better accuracy in terms of passes last night than in some matches uh, here in, in Buenos Aires mm. when they, there is no altitude. Because they... They knew that the attitude is, is hard to cope with, and uh, they started to play simple. And that's yeah, that is what you have to do yeah. in order to recover uh, confidence mm. and, 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 and uh, to try to pass the ball to the teammates. It's yeah. simple like that. Of course, not simple for for the players or, or when you are there in the matches. But uh, I I think that they 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 played uh, with a better accuracy of in terms of passes right last night that mm. in some matches here in Buenos Aires yeah um, and Liam's final question was who should River be looking to sign defensively hopefully not Demichelis as he's passed it <laughs> I would entirely agree with your sentiment about Demichelis and yet at the same time fear that that is exactly who River will be looking to sign defensively particularly after the D'Alessandro saga mm. so far this year which uh, 
we were all, and in fact, even Fran, the the Boca fan, was sort of said that he was uh, impressed with that as a signing when it happened, and it's not really quite worked out that well no. since uh, since the season kicked off. In fact, River hasn't won is none of the four matches he has been into. Really? Yes. Wow. It's a uh, yesterday was a uh, winning, and they mm. finally got to draw against Body Cruz. They lost, and he became injured. Then against Colón, uh, then they lost 4-1, and against Belgrano, they lost 3-2. Those were the four matches in which he... not Hardly played. old Alessandro's yes. fault, of course, yes. but uh, it's of an course, interesting yeah. indication of... <laughs> but that's a typical case there. of... I don't know if you can call it romanticism, or possibly, if one was to look at it, rather cynically, you know, bringing back someone the fans love to sell shirts, if that's taking president over... Precedent over footballing matters because I don't obviously think it is, it's not like no. It's, you look at this River team and you've got Piccolici, you've got Piti Martinez, Drusi, all in that kind of attacking midfielder, playmaker position. Yeah, but you've got no one in defence. So you say, all right, what we're going to do is bring in another playmaker. But Piccolici's not looked really good since the 2014 Sudamericana. Drusi, you were slagging off earlier yourself. So I mean, generation of, of play is, is an issue particularly given they just sold Cranavita who was previously doing it from deeper yeah um, but if we're talking about priorities you can only bring one big player in hmm. Rira's priority was at the back yeah, it yeah, wasn't no, absolutely. Uh, D'Alessandro who's a luxury player in those terms I'd absolutely agree I, I would say personally I, I, would, I would like to see them and, and indeed most Argentine clubs just get away from the idea of ever needing to bring in a big player full stop hmm. um uh, Racing is working they, right, you know, with Lissandro. No, uh, sure, yeah, because, the, because we love they've him done. So, we love him so. Because yeah. they've been very careful about which ones they brought yeah. in as well. And I don't see now. Uh, if, if I put to think, which player could come to River in June mm. to to make defense stronger? I, I don't get a name or a surname. Mm. No, it's a tough one. Okay, we're going now to take a very <coughs> quick break, and we will be back after this next bit of music with mystical predictions for the weekend to come and how uh, Mystic Harry did last week so don't go anywhere Mystic Harry last week got 2 out of 14 Um, obviously Venice against uh, I've already forgotten. Venice against Quilmes uh, still has yet to be played. Um, we also had the second round match um, played, as we said yesterday, between Huracan and Tigre, which means that... Hold on a second. Um, and that finished in a win for Huracan. Uh, Mystic Liam in the second round went for a Tigre victory. So he's... Stuck, I'm afraid, there on uh, four out of fifteen with, with round two finished now. Um, there are no second chances here on hand apart for postponed matches, I'm afraid to say. Um, so Mr. Carey has has two with a possibility um, of going up to three out of fifteen um, for round seven when Venice versus Kilomet gets played, which, as we say, is going to be next weekend. That is in a week and a half's time. Um, and this week we have predictions from Mystic Tom Robinson who has emailed in with the following Arsenal versus Gimnasia La Plata Arsenal to win Aldo Civi versus San Martín de San Juan to finish in a draw 
Estudiantes against Defensa Justicia to be an Estudiantes win. Belgrano to win at home to Vélez Sarsfield. Colón to win the Santa Fe Clásico at home to Union. I'd be more tempted to predict that one won't finish, but still, this is what we always said before the Santa Fe Clásico. Godoy Cruz versus Olimpo to be a home win for the Mendoza side. Argentinos Juniors against Atlético Tucumán to be an Atlético, Atlético Tucumán win. Independiente to get a win at home to Patronato. San Lorenzo to get a win away to Quilmes. River versus Banfield, draw. Huracan versus Tempele, draw. Lanús versus Boca. He's going for a Lanús win. Rosario Central against Sarmiento. He's going uncontroversially here for a Central win. Atletico de Rafaela versus Racing. Away win for Racing. And Tigre versus Newell's draw. What do we think of those guys? Are Racing going to be playing on Monday then? Racing. Uh, Did you say yeah, they're away the fixtures? Tonight's Thursday and they're away um, in the Libertadores tonight. So okay. I would presume that yes, That's they fair. are. That's nice how it's been the last football. few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, can I just say, by the way, this is nothing to do with the fixtures, it's nothing to do with what I think of Tom's predictions. Um, it's really, really nice to have the last match on Saturday and Sunday night starting at 8 o'clock and not at 9.30. It means that it finishes and then I can watch a film with my girlfriend. It's, it's wonderful. Happy days. Yeah. Happy days. It's not happened for such a long time that I've forgotten what a pleasure it was to watch a match in the but evening the, the, rather than the middle of the night. But there, there are then matches... you don't have to watch all the games now. No, I don't, but it is nice to... They're always the big ones. So they're, they're the ones that I actually want to... This River or Boca on Sundays particularly. But there are matches in, in Europe, I think, in Spain that they're play, being played there. At, or has, yeah, it's yeah, 10 o'clock at ten, night, ten ten yeah, That doesn't make it okay to do. No, no, of course. <laughs> I don't say that in Europe everything is better than here, but it's not to imitate the wrong things, of mm-hmm. course. No, no, absolutely. Um... So, yeah, so this, this weekend, yes, Racing are away to Atletico de Rafaela at quarter past nine on Monday night. So, although it's eight o'clock kickoffs for Saturday and Sunday, once we get back onto school nights, mm-hmm. um, we're back to the quarter past nine kickoffs. Oh, we might be playing football at that time, so that would be a fucker. Well, you'll have to cancel that, won't you, though? Um, that's your lot, anyway. It's also very nice of them to put the less attractive matches for the most part on at half past three, so I can have a bit of an afternoon before getting over the, mm-hmm. the real stuff. Although, the Santa Fe Clásico is on Saturday at half past three. So probably have to be back early for that one. Anyway. The sacrifices we make, huh? Indeed. Anything else to add, gents, for, for the weekend to come? No. I think in half an hour I'll be watching Racing. Would you like to Racing. make a prediction about Racing's match away to Deportivo Cali? Racing are going to win 2-0 with two goals from Milita. There we go. I'm going to make a note of this so that I can mock you after the music if that Excellent. doesn't happen. I'll take any win. I don't think if it... It's 2-1 with two guys from Lisandro. you can mock too hard. But I've stuck my neck up, I'll say that at least. I think Central are going to score. Oh, that's a very nicely taken goal. Central have just gone 3-1 up in stoppage time away to River Plate of Uruguay. Who scored that? Servi. Servi, yeah, he's come off the bench to do it because he was rested from the start. What a play. Anyway, on that note, and um, with Central presumably about to... Uh, win in, in their Copa Libertadores yeah you think so uh, given that there is a minute and a half left and they're two goals to the good that we will say top goodbye. of their group yes it will yeah uh, on that note we'll say goodbye so it's uh, thank you very much to listening for listening to us for another week uh, and goodbye from English Dan goodbye from Andres goodbye and from me goodbye goodbye
Charlie Matadors is over for this evening, and uh, as expected when we finish recording, earlier uh, Rosario Central wrapped up a 3-1 win away to River Plate of Uruguay, and uh, just now English Dan's prediction of a comfortable racing victory away to Deportivo Cali didn't quite come true. They were 2-0 down at half-time, and they battled back with an impressive second half to get a 2-2 draw, uh, which means that on in Group 3 now, after everybody's played three matches, Racing have five points, Bolivar have four points, Boca have three points, and Deportivo Cali have two points. So it's all very much still to play for, for both of the Argentine clubs in that group. Um, Central in Group 2 have got, hang on a second, seven points from four matches. Nacional um, against Palmeiras, I think, is just finished. In fact, it has indeed. And I didn't see the score in that one. Um, but I think Nacional got a win there, which means that they will have leapfrogged Central into first place. Uh, Palmeiras are third, and River Plate of Uruguay are bottom. 